What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Zootcast, episode 45, coming at you. This is a big one. We had some big Ottawa Senators news today. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, certain young gentleman by the name of Tim Stutzla is going to be sticking around for eight more years after this one at, a aver- at an average annual value of $8.35 million. I believe is the correct number. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, it, it, the, I think the best part we'll get, we'll get to some, some discussion in, in shortly here. Uh, I think the coolest part about this is that Pierre did it at the, the Ottawa senators influencer Twitter event thing where, yeah. where five, I believe it was, Oh boy. Uh, Kevin, bring back Lee. Yeah. Kevin Lee was there. Kevin Lee, uh, Sleepin Baker was there. Yeah, Frank Senator was there. Lalim's Martian was there. Uh, Margaret O'Toole was yeah. there. Yep. And, and uh, Sense Chirp was there. That's right. A good, a great group of five there. Five Sense Twitter influencers. And and they got to witness a very important Sense history moment. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yes. Pretty cool the unveiling them. of the Ottawa Senators 30th anniversary routine. <laughs> Which looks okay. Let, can we talk about this for a second, actually? <laughs> yeah, screw those Stutzla extension. <laughs> okay, hold on. We'll get to this. So we'll get to the Stutzla thing. Did you see? So you saw the picture. You oh, guys yes. saw the picture. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I think it's a cool idea. I think it's great. I think it's I, a thing you try once. Yes. And most likely don't have again. Yes. It's I a little too there. wild with the the golden queso and the flame and red Cheetos dust. <laughs> it's but something. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, I like that they're innovating. It's better than just having the, you know, I mean, the, already the upgrade of the pizza last time, but it's better well, than I mean, just let's, having Well, I mean, let's just basics. face it. The food situation at the CTC was, was dire. It was Bro, so dire. We've talked about this. The burrito stand left out of nowhere. <laughs> it didn't come back. The building was there, but it was shut down for the entire year. Now yeah. we have all this. We have deconstructed Donair bowls, this oh, like yeah. tomahawk steak or like this ribeye, whatever, with sure. apple puree. Josh, what are your what are your thoughts on the on the new food? I I really want to try the poutine. Not do you lie. do you do you think I you'll like poutine, it? But um, I don't know. That doesn't matter. I still want to try. It. Okay, valid. <laughs> Going to cost the same as the ticket to get in, but whatever. Got to try it one <laughs> time at least. Uh, speaking of oh, you know what? Speaking of tickets, let's do this before. Yes. Uh, Zoobcast Twitter account. Go to it. We're doing a giveaway. We are doing our first ever giveaway. Um, we are very excited to be doing a giveaway for two fresh, clean Ottawa Senators tickets to, I believe the game is on October 20th. The yes. second home game of the season. Yeah, yeah. against the against Connor Brown the and return. the Washington Capitals. Connor Brown return game. If you want to go, want a chance to go to the Connor Brown return game, all you have to do is go to our Twitter, at Zoodcast. Go to the tweet. It's pinned. You'll see it right away. Uh I believe you got to like the tweet, you got to follow us, 
I know it's hard. I you don't want to do it, but you so gotta much do work, it. You know? I know. You can get extra entries for retweets and for replies by tagging a friend. And you might win some uh some auto senators tickets. I believe we will be doing the draw for the name 72 hours from 12. Sometime this weekend. Yeah. yeah. So this Saturday weekend, night we'll, we'll announce we'll, the winner. We'll announce the winner Saturday I, night. I entered. I'm hoping I win. So did I. So okay, I, I, I did. I, I did. I did not. Too. I retweeted. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. If I like the tweet and I'm already following the account, does that mean that technically I entered involuntarily there too? There you go. Yeah. If you win, Louis. Yeah. No if one of us wins, I think no one will ever take us seriously ever again. Now, if one of us wins, we obviously redraw. No. Why? <laughs> okay it's fake you know what if it gets to me then we'll we'll, we can do a redraw fine oh i already got i I, listen i I bought my tickets but yeah i why i I want a chance to win are any of you guys going to the home opener i would like Uh, to i have class literally the same time my yeah my my dad's gonna be up Bright and early tomorrow when the tickets go on sale to the rest of the public to try to secure a, a spot. Because yeah, Send Student Army got a got a, a little bit of an early start and was able to secure some tickets. So I got so, so I you're got going home opener. Yeah. Home oh, yeah. opener. Uh December third against the Sharks. And then on the twenty January twenty first against the Jets, which I mean obviously I have to pick that go, one too. Go Jets. Well, <laughs> uh, Tim Stutzla Tim Stutzla signs with the Sens yes. let's talk about this because it's real and it's news and it's the Sens uh, let's go with Josh let's go with you first I always start with you Josh what are you thinking what are you thinking about about Tim I think he's good at hockey yep if I had to <clears throat> if I had to say something I, I was like so I today was the first day of school for Louis and I Adam has graduated lucky him I finished my first class. I went to Starbucks between classes. I was like, oh, let me do a little bit of studying. As soon as I sit down, Hold the on, news wait, 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 comes wait. out. Studying? It's been one class. <laughs> what is going on? Louis, Louis, I'm taking taxation. Oh, that's fine. I get out of the class after the prof goes, if you are not studying 15 to 20 hours a week for this course, you will fail. 15 to like, 20 a week? Our yes, teacher was one being... Course. Was being, was all about how hardcore it is that he was like, yeah, I'm actually enforcing the eight hour a week law. Like, <laughs> so I figured, you know what, let me get ahead of it a little bit. So I sit down and I see Ian Mendes tweet breaking. Pierre Doran has announced that Tim Stutzla signed an eight year extension and I didn't do any studying. I was on Twitter for the next hour and a half till my next class, which, you know what, is worth it. But I was oh, not expecting yeah. that on today of all days. You see, I was on the on the shuttle uh, on the way to my first class, and the news broke. And then I went on Do Not Disturb for an hour and twenty minutes, and I come back, and my phone has like one hundred and forty five notifications from a combination of Twitter, texts, and uh, Instagram chats. So that was a that was a fun little hour and a half to miss out on. I think all three of us missed it because i was i didn't miss it no no, no. Look, we didn't I, miss I, it I, like, just... I said it was right between so it was okay i i missed it yeah. <laughs> i i was uh i was i was doing a little bit of driving i i i am i am a 20 almost 21 year old male with no G, g2 driver's license so we're we're getting and there. i have <laughs> suffered the cost of that with oh the... yeah i i think i owe louis probably oh man at least 500 dollars of gas 
for <laughs> hockey, various hockey rides of the last four years. And so I'm, I'm doing, I'm in, I'm in the car with my, my, my man, Winifred, my driving teacher, Winifred. And I can't check my phone because I'm driving. Rules of the road, guys. Don't do distracted driving. It's important. I get home. I walk in the door. And then my dad, <laughs> my dad, I look at my phone and my dad texted me like 45 minutes ago. Like, oh, I know you're driving, uh, but the sentence just signs to it. So they your extension. Like, <laughs> like it's nothing. I'm like, thanks, dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, the point is we were all very thrown off by this because uh, we didn't think it was going to happen. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Really. Oh, yeah, not really. We, we you know, Tim Stutzler was on a podcast with Elliot Friedman a, a week or so ago, and he, he talked about he loved it here, and he loves the city, and he's saying all the right things, right? Like, everyone's like, oh, great. And so that makes us feel good. We're a little reassured. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> the fact that he signed it a whole year in advance. Um, yeah, we have kind not of, seen that a lot. No, I was like, going to say it's not very senator esque. It, it, they usually bring it down to the wire. Like we were, we were impressed by, we were impressed Norris. by Josh Norris. Yeah, three months before the season, <laughs> and then here's Tim doing it a year before. So nice surprise for sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is going to be good, man. I, I, I think. Okay, so here's my question, Lewis. Yes. Is this a good contract? I think so. I like I, I got into this with a friend of mine and we were looking at comparables and you look at players who signed similar ish deals at around the same time in their career. So all these guys I'm about to name, uh, they signed what, around six to eight years for like seven to like eight point five million. And Stutzla had a higher than or or like almost exactly the same point, like point pace over season as Jack Hughes. Dreisaitl, Nick Suzuki, Nico Heischer, Clayton Keller, and Kyle Connor. And honestly, you look at Stutzla's like production and microstats last year. Production-wise, he started off the season super slow, but ended up getting what like third. He was over a point per game in the final thirty. Yeah. Right. He had incredible uh, retrieval zone exits and transition stats. And like, really, the biggest thing that you look at right now is his finishing was brought down because of, of his slow start, and a lot of his offensive generation was more like just so-so. Now he's going to get the chance to play with a guy like Alex DeBrinkett and Kojihu instead of like Connor Brown and Alex Formanton. Like, you can just easily foresee a, an explosion or breakout year in the coming future that would make that deal look very, very good. Yeah, I agree, and I think a lot of people have been well let's rephrase this a lot of Habs fans have been very adamant on this being an awful contract (laughs) they were mad that we stole the spotlight after uh, the Kirby Docs yeah Josh I know you're at you're a you're a big you're you're very adamant when it comes to talking about Habs fans so why don't don't you take this one I don't know what I can what I should say (laughs) but no it it, is just funny like I mean, I don't know. There's not really much to say. I, I think as much, like, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus here, but I feel like Leafs fans have been just as bad because there are some sense fans. And it's not just one or two people. Like, it's a lot of people who are just comparing contracts. Yeah. And it's, like, really silly comparisons because the Sens don't have an Austin Matthews or a Mitch Marner. 
Mm-hmm. But because of that, you also have Leafs fans. And it's not to say one started the other or provoked the other to do it, but it's just like really dumb discourse on both sides. Because I saw like I saw a Leafs fan compare Nylander's age 20 and 21 seasons to Stutzla's age 18 and 19 seasons where Nylander hadn't even played in the NHL yet to justify Nylander's contract being better. And it's like, we're not going to get anywhere with these arguments because they just don't make sense. Yeah. So like, yeah, Leafs fans, Habs fans, like a lot of fans. I think New Jersey fans, not that there's like, it's like Sens fans, like there's not a million of them, but um, they kind of saw the vision because they did it with Jack Hughes and it's already panned out and that deal was only starting this year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same type of thing, right? Like Stutzla actually has had better production, not at 5v5, but overall than Hughes. Now, I don't think Stutzla is as good as Jack Hughes. He doesn't have the same pedigree either. But it's the same type of deal, right? Like, that is yeah. a very comparable. And the other thing I, I think I'm sure we would have touched on eventually, but I'll just bring it up now, is there are some projections that show that the NHL cap should rise, like, quite rapidly. I was about to say, yeah, Bill yeah. Daly came out and said that he he's very optimistic that the salary cap will increase uh, somewhat significantly. It's starting when, did he say 23-24 or 24-25? Yeah, in a couple of years, but it's, it's not just going to be like a one-year thing, right? Like it could be going up to $100 yeah. million before Stutzla's contract's up. And that's in part because, you know, COVID has made it lag behind. Like it should probably be higher than it currently is, but also just because the NHL did pretty good last year in terms of, you know, viewership and fans are going back into the stand. So more and more money yeah. is coming in. With so the partnership fact that the- with ESPN and TNT and now they're gonna get like all this return like this COVID return boost and like the even the jersey ads and helmet ads and stuff that it all adds up right and it definitely like it's such perfect timing if that does happen for the Sens because as it's going up it could go up let's say 15 percent in the Sens window if everything goes you know to the top of that optimistic window that Daly talked about like If it goes up that much in the sense contention window, the cap might go up 10 to 15%. Like that is a huge increase, you know, from when you sign those guys to the end of their deals. It makes like the Norris and Stutzla and Shabbat deals look a lot better. I think it's also just cool that we have all of those players for that long. That's like the Sens have an actual core. We, we tweeted this. Well, Josh tweeted it, but we, we tweeted it from a Zoomcast account uh, with the, with the, the picture of the, the hockey news edition with the Sens on the cover there. It's, it's, I believe, students, Lenoris, Shabbat, and Batherson. Kachuk. And no, no Shabbat. Or Kachuk. Kachuk. <laughs> Same thing. And they're locked up until like 20, 27, 28, like 31. Those are like, those are, that's in a long time. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that the Sens have kind of built themselves a legitimate window here. Obviously, you know, they need to shore up other things and we'll see how it plays out but uh today is a good day to be a sense fan incredible it, that's what's important. the vibes just keep betting getting better somehow yeah, i don't do. know i think yeah i think another thing that we i mean everyone talks about it like when that uh thing came out last year with kachuk nor like with, with those four forwards the, like the joke was oh well three of them will be gone anyways by like yeah <laughs> in two years yeah. right like and it was both a self-deprecating joke and other fan bases saying it and now like the only question mark now is to bring it 
And yeah. that's because they just brought him in and he's just not comfortable here yet, which is completely uh, yeah, fair. Yeah, like, come out and said, I want to see how things gel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which like if totally you told like, me, that's fair. Yeah. If you told yeah. me before Brady signed his extension last year, so let's go back like a year ago today, if you said, yeah, the Sens have signed everyone in their core except the 40 plus goal score that they added in the offseason, I would have called it crazy. <laughs> yeah. And here we are, like with, with room to spare too. Like I was just doing cap friendly for fun for next year, yeah, even if they same. gave the brink at 10 mil. They have enough to field a competitive team. Like, it's very exciting. Even possibly add like a defenseman too, because they'll yeah, have exactly. Like, Especially next... if they remove Zaitsev, but that's a whole. Well, that's the it. thing. If you remove Zaitsev, you're looking at 27 million in cap space next year. That should be enough for a Debrinkitist instead. Wow, extension. Yep. Uh, Zub possibly too. Pinto, uh, at, like add up with depth, like maybe even resigning Brandstrom or whatever, and even then another defenseman too so we're getting some zoopcast breaking news that doesn't have anything to do with the sends but we're still going to say it <laughs> um the habs did something they they have extended jake allen for multiple years i don't really well know it appears it is getting close according to kevin weeks All it's right, not well, like i don't know why no, they, no, no one's were about this evening yeah oh my he god being, he was being weird on twitter yeah, I was wondering being very weird was. on Twitter. But anyway, that's funny. I don't know why they would do that. I don't know why. I mean, he had, he had, listen, his season last year was not the worst. But it's like, why are you doing that? You're so bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it's not like you're signing him. It's a, it's an extension. It, yeah. it probably means that Carey Price is retiring now. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I feel As like that's or happy that, Yeah, I know. But now it's, it kind of almost confirms it, especially if he's getting multiple million, which he should. He's a decent goalie. Yeah, but I mean, hey, maybe that maybe they have shocked the world with a tandem of Jake Allen and and Sam Mot- Motombo. No, no, it's well, literally Primo. They oh. they were mad that the doc signing got overshadowed. Now, like, we're like, well, guess what, guys? Jake Allen got an extension too. So go take that. Yep. Well, they also have could be doc. now. Well, that's what I yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I how do you feel about that one, Josh? Doc. I mean, whatever. Like. Even if he, it's literally like betting on his upside, but for a smaller amount and less upside, like it's whatever. But it, it's funny because they're already cap strapped. Like, Somehow. I, how is, I that, guess, even, how is know, that even possible? They're... I know. Well, well, a lot of that is price and who will go on the LTIR, I'm sure. But still, like they have like, they're a four, they have a second line. Like they're, yeah, I'd say second line and three fourth lines. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Not, not right. actually like, they have some decent players, but I don't we know can... how they have cap issues. Hold on. If right they now. remove, like, if you remove Price, are they still over? Because they are like ten point two million above the cap. Right? Well, he's at ten point five. So, oh my god, what? Who's making Look at all the this cap money? manipulation? Oh my middle six forward money, Jesus! <laughs> Paul Byron. Yeah, they just John, have a lot of John like Mia. Christian Dvorak. Oh no, Mike Hoffman. Yep. He's still making four point five million for another two years. <laughs> so they have dad and all. Yeah, like, how does they're this happen? Ten and a half over, but they have fourteen forwards, seven D on the roster, and um, Carey Price will probably move to LTIR. That is really yeah. Wait, this is with Monahan. Sean Monahan money oh, is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, still with them too, making five point five. So they have oh, how much is this? Say six point five, six point five, thirteen, like. 18 and a half, what are you saying? 23 and a half million to Gallagher, Anderson, 
Dadanov and Monahan. Another four to four and a half to Mike Hoffman. So twenty-eight million to those five guys. Who are all good. And they're yeah. And Gallagher and Anderson are under contract till 2027. That's insane. Wow. Go. I love the Habs. We could talk about we could okay, we could talk about the Habs all day, but we have a show to get to here. Um the Sens, the Stutzel signing has made us very excited. As it should make you as well. And so we're looking forward, looking forward to the season. We're going to do a bit of season preview stuff here. Um, we've got some, our, our patented over-under segments, which will come a little bit later. But I want to dissect a few things before we get into that. Um, so the Sens have signed essentially everybody that they need to sign at forward. And this is one of the most like exciting groups that we've seen in a very long time. And that's cool. There's question marks, like perfectly respectively, about the defense because they have not really addressed it properly, I would say, yet. So my question to you, Louis, is do you feel comfortable with this current roster, all the players that they have going into the season? You see, I thought you were going to say defensive core. But then you said roster. I said roster because I know that you're going to say no to defensive core. That's too easy. The thing is, listen, you're going roster as a whole. That's that really starts to include goalies to the point where, like, they're gonna their performance whether they'll be able to sustain, like, especially Anton Forsberg is able to sustain what he did last year or build off of it, right? Like, it's possible. But there's just, I feel like there's so much so much missing on the blue line and again Forsberg has not been consistently like starter level or 1a 1b level he was that last year but that's it right he's never really shown much more after that and I feel like I I'm still like if I had to project them I I think they finished like ninth like last team missing like is that an official Louis Boulay prediction I don't want to say my official predictions that they missed the playoffs because that sounds optimistic. And especially at this time, right after we signed Stutzel, I don't want to be a downer or anything. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> yes. Louis, let it be known that uh, Forsberg has played like a, a decent sample of games twice. And like the only other time that he played over 30 games, he had a 908. It's not like it was the first season that he was decent. He did it in Chicago. Yeah. Yay. And like, you know, listen, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but about Forsberg, I've I've run a few uh like forecasting exercises on some goalie stats I've been, been testing out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No yeah, go ahead. Obviously. Like I don't I don't see how this is news to anyone, but he, Nerd. Like, he, he ranks pretty high. Listen, like he's on a good trajectory here and he's done fairly well, so did you make know. it like sense pilled so it would just like push out? No, Talbot Cam Talbot is actually pretty low. Propaganda? Like I hate to say okay. this to all our Talbot fans, but let me actually. Search no, th- no, this is good though because if your model's good, Forsberg's good. If your model's bad, then Talbot's good. We're, it's a win-win. We never lose on the Zoobcast. No, there's no losing. We rig it all in our favor, winning. maybe. Let's go. Yeah. Well, uh, Josh, how about you? What do you think about uh, the defense situation? Because Louis seems to think. 
it's a bit of an issue. I think a lot of other people think it's a bit of an issue. Do you think that trading for Jacob Chikrin would solve it or not be that great? It would improve it. I don't know if it would solve it. Like Chikrin's a second pair guy, right? So it, it just depends who it pushes out. If you're getting rid of Zaitsev in the same deal, then that's an even bigger get because it's like addition by subtraction and then an, another addition. But if they just stayed where they were and we knew that one of the two goalies would just be decent and, you know, they don't need like a decor to carry them. I would only be okay with it if they ran out the best 6D. Like if Hamannik and or Zaitsev are combining for like 25 minutes a night at least, like or more, I don't really like it. But if neither of those guys are in the lineup and they put, you know, JBD or a Thompson and Brandstrom, Holden, Sanderson are in there, I think it's okay, especially with how good their forwards are. Ideally, it's better, especially if you want to make a deep playoff run and you have no depth, but like I can live with it if they play the right guys. And I, I know that we keep, like we default to basically always saying Chikrin, Chikrin, that's the guy that seems to be coming. Because listen, that's the guy that's been speculated as on the move this entire time. But one guy that I don't think we've mentioned enough, and I feel like it actually makes legitimate sense and would fit in perfectly would be Marcus Pedersen from Pittsburgh. Because they still, even they... after trading away Marino, they still have Petrie, Latang, uh, Dumoulin, Ruda, Ty Smith, Chad Ruedel, and Mike, Mark Friedman. That's seven other guys that have also... NHL contracts. Yeah, Sean Dursey also does not have a contract yet. Yeah, I don't like him as much, though. That's the thing. Well, you know who else doesn't have a contract yet? Alex Formanton. That's why I call a one-for-one RFA swap. Well, speaking of, I mean, to unpack the I'm joking, by the way. I want it to be known that I was kidding. Thank you. For the listeners. Uh, Ryan bonus moment, because... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like, he's 26. He signed on a three-year, $4 million deal, which is like pretty pretty perfect for an extra top four guy. He... Um, he has incre- like had incredible defensive numbers last year, whether that's like in his zone, managing the puck, retrieving, turning into breakouts and suppressing in general, and especially off the rush, he's great. He would be the perfect partner for like off the rush, I mean like defending the rush against, because his, you know, zone entry and offense numbers aren't super high, but you pair that with Shabbat and they're like, kind of like the perfect complement to each other. There you go. I mean, and, and I, I would guarantee you that it's cheaper than... than well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, the chicken yeah. ask is... Inc- it's it's ludicrous. It seems for... insane. I, I feel like they're the Sens are kind of waiting on... And I'm sure there's other teams, too, but I think the Sens are waiting on Arizona to lower the... I think at this point there. you move on, though. Like, but I, I was about to say, yeah, it might be just cut your losses and... Let someone else take that big of a risk, really. Yeah. Um. But we'll see. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, one thing that shouldn't go unsaid is that the fact that they've improved the forward core so much will just take pressure off the D automatically because they'll That's just true. be in the offensive zone more. And that counts for something. Maybe I think have reverts to his rookie season with the Leafs with that. Who knows? Well, we can dream, I guess. Um, but I think that the point is, am I, am I comfortable with, the defense, no, but I could foresee a situation where if the forward core really clicks and Forsberg and Talbot hold it down, yeah, there's a path. The key is success. the goaltending making up for the defense while yep. the forwards do improve as much. Like, as I, I don't think, do. I don't think this is a like 
perfectly all cogs clicking excellent roster but i think it's enough to be competitive and see what happens and and the thing is like you know the sens don't have to win the cup this year <laughs> no one wants no, no one is yeah. asking for that that's hey, not part I, of the 112 page plan or whatever no no that's a few pages down the road i think <laughs> but i think in my view a successful season would be finishing around like ninth or tenth in the conference or higher like louis you mean that's successful I would I would deem that adequate. I think so. Wrong word. I would deem that adequate. I, th- I think yeah, m- being in the playoff chase until the like last maybe two like not being eliminated until maybe the last or second last week would be adequate. But to, to for me to call the season a success, unless they have crazy injuries or something, mm-hmm. and there's a legitimate excuse, I would say for it to be a success, they'd have to at least make the playoffs, even if they get swept in round one as wild card two or something. Like they just have to make it for it to be successful. Yeah. Okay, here's my here's a, a hypothetical question for you. Would you rather the Sens miss the playoffs like ninth or tenth? Oh, I know where you're going with this. It's gonna make me mad. Or go on, make the lose playoffs to the Leafs and lose yeah. to the Leafs. Oh, in seven games. Oh no, <laughs> no, I'd rather make the playoffs. Who cares? You would rather lose to the Leafs? Mm, I don't think I'd rather lose. The I Leafs. don't want to. No shot. Like, of course, we'd be the book. In this other in this other scenario, if the Sens miss, do the Leafs lose in round one? Yeah, anyway? of course. Oh, like just because that's the law of the universe. Yeah. Is it? Uh, hey, here's my my rationale: is I would rather miss if we still have our first rounder, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Oh, we don't yes. want a round. Yes. If we don't have our first rounder, I'd rather just make it. I feel like but it has nothing to do with the Leafs. Yeah. That just has that just has more to do with like make it, being in the playoffs. But it, it, if we're going to lose in the first round and we know it, I'd rather just miss and have a lottery pick, whatever. Especially in this draft. Yeah. So you just can't. Although, wait, I think you have to be... No, you don't tank. Hold on a second. I think we're it, past this. Is it too late to tank? <laughs> what if the... Okay, what if the Sens? Pull a Sens. And oh, just boy. go, like, just start the season like, 82 1 and 19. Yeah. Would you tank? I'd tank. At that point, if they started what? Say that again. One in like, nineteen. I think you fire at multiple people and make so many trades. DJ, yeah, if DJ Smith was still the head coach after a one in, even if it was a one and ten start, I would lose all the faith. Okay, that here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna segue with this into the over under. I didn't have this written down, but what is okay? I'm going to what is this? Is not really an over under question, but what is the game limit, the loss limit? at which you would fire DJ Smith. That was a poorly I don't know how I would even ask that properly. Yeah. But it's like what what at, like what start how bad of a start how bad of a start would they okay. need to have for you to fire DJ Smith? Like, like what is the conceivable record. earliest in the like, season? Say in the first twenty five games how many losses does it take for you there to There you go. That's okay. that's better English than me. Yeah. In the first twenty five games, how many how many losses would they have to have for you to fire DJ Smith? 17. One. <laughs> what? Get rid of it. <laughs> wow. That's cutthroat. Um, if they, I would literally, I, I think he has a decently short leash if he's making bad decisions. Like, I don't think it's just about record, That's right? True. Like, if we go out there and Talbot and, oh my God, I almost said Murray, and Talbot and Forsberg are putting up 885s, you can't really fire him. But if yeah. they're, 
three and twelve, and Zaitsev is in the top four. Yes, he'd be fired within fifteen games, in my opinion. Or I, be. I think his leash is a little longer than you might expect. Probably, but this is what I want. Okay, <laughs> I feel like seventeen's not bad. No, like, seventeen losses in twenty-five games. Because then you're eight and seventeen. You're that pretty is pretty so much many out of losses. It. I would have it lower than that. I, I really would have said like because you don't think. Like, because I feel like nine and sixteen, you could kind of see him still have it, but at seventeen, no, I I I agree more. If you don't have ten wins in your first twenty five games, yeah, that's okay, that's yeah, bad. That's I I just think so. You're saying sixteen? I would I would say sixteen, or I would even say maybe fifteen if it's a if it's a bad fifteen. Yeah, okay, but yeah, but anyway. there's just more to it than the record, right? Like, yeah, I again, it, it, what if what if I don't want to jinx it? What if like two guys go down, two big names go down early? Like if Shabak gets injured, they're not going to go to have a good start because they don't have unless Sanderson is a god as soon as he steps in, they won't have a top pair of D. Like that's a big loss. So it. There's more to it, but well, it's I, obviously it's pretty short. It's obviously contextual, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I I just think that he's like, I think it is genuine that the players like him. I oh, think yeah, there's a genuine, really good relationship between. I mean, the coach dude, and the did you see them all smiling? Like, I know. Did she? With... He was dapping up. He was dapping up Timmy today. Yeah, and they're all just there early, right? Like yeah. they're they yeah. didn't just show up a, uh, when oh, the camp started. It was and... a fun. Fun fact, Louis, Louis heard this as well. Uh, our, a member of the Flossy Kachucks, who we won't name, uh, works at, at Jack Astor's. And apparently all of the Sens pulled up to Jack yeah. Astor's. Well, to, because they're I, doing their, their, their fantasy, fantasy football, football draft. Yes, yeah, because yeah, in, the, in the breakaway video, Stutzler said he was going to have to pay for dinner tonight. At Jack Astor's, so there you go. All the boys were so. If you were, I'm sure you could have done. I'm sure you could have paid a bit. You could have gone to a little fancy restaurant with eight and a half million a year. But Jack Astor's is pricey. It's got to work his way up. It's it's super overpriced. Yeah, Jack Astor's pricey. There's probably better places for you to. Well, probably. I mean, hold on. I don't want to slander Jack Astor's, but oh, I'm I'm I'm. But that's a that's a part that's a possible sponsor that you're driving. Is it? Jack Astor's sponsor us. We love you. <laughs> I also want to say the uh, like another part of that breakaway video that I absolutely love was just Kachuk and Stutzler just sitting down right next yeah, to him. Yeah, like he just puts his arm around him. Yeah, uh, everyone's so ha- everyone's so happy. It's so good. Yeah, so wholesome. That's that great. whole video. The I really I really hope they don't start seven and thirteen. <laughs> I really yeah. don't want them to suck. It would be so bad if they were. It bad. would be funny, but it would be bad. It would. I, I yeah, I'm done. It wouldn't be funny. It was funny the last like few years, but the, uh, it wouldn't be funny. It would be sad. I think they need to be good. They need to be here's, here's my issue, though, if we start really well. And if you're thinking of doing this and you're listening to this podcast, don't do it. If we start the first dozen games with like two more wins than the Leafs, don't go around acting like we're the best team because when they pass us, it's going to be insanely embarrassing. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. Do <laughs> not, please just do not get cocky a dozen games in because so much luck can happen then and it can all come crumbling down within a half dozen games and they can be back at 500. Like, oh. I don't care if they start 10 and 2, just be a rational fan and understand they're not going to go 10 and 2 the entire way. That being it would said, be a great start. But... That being said, every time the Sens beat the Leafs, you yes. have to be yes. as obnoxious as yes. possible. That, that is understandable. But but Josh is right. Throw caution to the wind. So last summer, 
before the start of the season, we did a segment called Zoobcast Over-Unders, in which I would present Louie and Josh with a series of over-under questions, uh, and they had to guess uh, you know what would happen in this if it would be an over or an under uh, for that season. So, for example, I would say, you know, how Tim Tim Stutzel will score 30 goals over under, and if they think he will score less than 30 goals, they would say under. More, they'd say over. See how it goes. We don't. I don't know what the results of the last season's over unders were. No, we went over it during an episode. Remember, at some point though, like oh. we didn't just do it and forget about it. We actually went back over them. Oh, we did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're not doing it again, but anyway, that we, we did. You can find it if you're curious somewhere. Well, I don't know where what episode that would be in, but anyway. It wasn't too um, long ago, I don't think. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Um, we're doing more. We're doing more. Uh, I've got a, a fresh list of a bunch. We're going to rip through them, uh, and we'll see if there's any <laughs> any different answers <laughs> between Josh and Louie, because they, they do like to side with each other for most of these. But we will see how she goes. The first over-under actually does pertain to Tim Stutzler, um, but it is assists. He will be presumably playing on a line with Claude Giroux and Alex Brinkett. Uh, last year, Tim Stutzler had 36 assists playing with Connor Brown and Alex Formington. And so I ask you, my over-under for Tim Stutzler assists with his new line mates is 48 and a half assists. That's a fair number, Adam. Thank you. Giving us a tough. Yeah, that is that is that is very well. well So 48 and a half. I was gonna scream my answer. I thought you were gonna say like 42 and a half, and I've been like over. But 48 and a half. Yeah. Because then I started trying to think what I like his overall points would be like if he'd be. Because I was wondering this, like literally right before the podcast, I was trying to figure out if Stilso was going to be like a point at a point per, produce at a point per game pace this year. And if we're going only assists, thirty six. Hmm. I'm going over. Yeah, I feel that like that's my... the way to go. Oh come just on! Because he's play- <laughs> just because he's playing with the Brinket, he's like older. He's presumably going to get. PP one time, like we we don't know yes. that for sure. Yes, but him he, and Debrink. He, he should, right? Just because mm-hmm. there's like the wealth of talent is so much more now, um, and like you could just totally see it. Like we've talked about this before, a breakout coming for Stutzla. So, I think he'd he could put up like a good season would be if he got. Now this is optimistic. If he got exactly no, not not literally exactly, but right around thirty goals, fifty assists, yeah, like almost point per game. So, like, I know that's just because it's a round number and 30 goals is, like, a big benchmark. But when he moved to center, he was on pace for nearly 30 goals over 82 yeah. games. And he was on pace for probably 35 to maybe 40 assists. And that was with all due respect to Alex Formanton. It was frustrating watching zone entries oh my God. with those guys. <laughs> Debrinkat is a zone entry wizard, like, those two are going to put on a clinic together. D- Giroux is awesome in transition too. So like, yeah. the, I'm, I'm not excited for the Stutzler's not driving play very well narrative that could still come out, but they're going to score on the rush. It's kind of like Patrick Kane, just because he's so lethal on the rush that his play driving never matches it. But long answer to just say, I'm going over. 
for a multitude of reasons. Josh is going over for a multitude of reasons. Louis, do you agree? Yes. Uh, for how many reasons? A multitude. Uh, just as many as you minus one because I yep, have to take diff- less information. Well done. Okay. So that's a double over for the fellows on 48.5 Tim Stutzla assists. They both said over. Uh, the next question pertains to Tim Stutzla's line mate, who was discussed, Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, last year, Alex Dabrinkit scored 41 goals alongside Patrick Kane and the Chicago Blackhawks. So my over. question to you guys is pretty straightforward. Uh, the over-under on Alex Dabrinkit goals is 40.5. Will he score 40? Over. I'm hitting that quick over, over hard. Absolutely. Contract year. I feel like I know he's no longer playing with Kane, but now I'll be playing with a combination of Shihu and Stutzla, which is going to be a perfect environment for him. I just feel like this is the the exact formula he needs to get. I mean, at least surpass what he did last year. I want him to go over, but because you I don't think it's going to so. be close, I'm going to go under. Oh, because baby. Here's my rationale. When Kane and Debrinkat played together, who else did they have on the line? Was exactly. Strom there for a while? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now there's a legitimate third option to score goals. Right, like he's not going to have be fed the puck. I don't think as much. Well, and you never like you know he, with the way shooting works, he could just have a slightly down year and finish at like thirty eight, and then I'd be right and you would be wrong. So, for those reasons, for those I'm reasons, under. Disagree. That that's got to be the first differentiation. Uh, you know what though, Louis? Like I will a hundred percent be cheering for him to hit forty-one goals. I would hope I think, so. No shit. Yeah. What? <laughs> I no no no. Like I'm not gonna let. I don't I'm, want him to because then I'd be I'm wrong. Not, <laughs> I'm not a hater. I'm just. It's gonna be close. Half a half a goal a game would be nice. We'll say it's just under in my opinion. All right. I hope he, I hope he just puts up fifty out of nowhere, but whatever. I honestly listen. I, I've been a little more pessimistic, but I could totally see 50 happen. I, we'll I see. feel like it. He, you want me to raise the over-under? His no. chemistry with Kane <laughs> grew, right, over the four or five years they played together. If if that chemistry with Stutzla takes 20 games, then he has 60 games to score, you know, 35 goals. If, if he only has a handful or a half dozen after 20. So, I don't know. That's a rationale, that's for sure. And Louie had one too, and they're different, and that's great because Josh has done under for Alex Dabrinkit's 40 goals. Lewis thinks Alex Dabrinkit will hit 40 goals. 41. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. I did say 40.5. Yeah. So maybe maybe you get screwed. If he hits 40, Josh is technically right. Yeah. So we shall see. Um. In other Sens news, Eric Brandstrom signed a one-year contract the other week. We didn't talk about that, but he is the subject of our next over-under. Um, we did this. We had this exact same question last year. Uh, last season, Eric Brandstrom played 53 games for the Sens. With his new prove-it contract, we'll call it a prove-it contract, I would expect he plays a little more. That being said, Brandstrom games played. I have the over-under at 60.5. Thoughts? I think he'll go over. Josh is going with an over. Could you care to explain? Um, Dorian really liked him last year. 
Like he said, he was improving a lot. He said he was what I think he said he was our most improved player at a certain point throughout the year. So that vote of confidence is good. I think DJ might feel that pressure to kind of put him in the lineup. The only other way I see it is if Holden isn't able to play on the right side for some reason. So I think he should be the third pair lefty. But I think they're comfortable enough with Holden to play on the right that nobody's really blocking Brandstrom on the left side. Like who else would play there, right? Unless he's injured, of course. But Yeah. Where did he start last year? He started in the NHL, right? He never really... Yep. Yes. Okay. Because I'm just trying injured. to think, because then you're factoring into a possible defenseman acquisition, how that's going to work into it. Um, it does seem like the playing of Zaitsev will not be nearly as extensive, or so we hope anyway. Um, and go, I guess going by the interview that DJ Smith gave, like Branson was the most mentioned guy uh, when he was on TSN 1200, right? Uh, when I think it was September 1st that the that the the guys at TSN 1200 had Smith on. So I, what did you say? 60.5. 60.5. Josh said over. Yeah, I think I'm going over. Louis going over. Double over. Another thing is DJ Smith made it sound like the battle for the number four D spot next to Sanderson was Holden and Hamannick, and the other might be a healthy scratch, which I think is crazy. I don't think Holden should ever be off the scratch on this team. Yeah, no shot. But like, it makes it seem like one of those two is out. It's not like if Holden gets beat out, he's going to take Branstrom's spot. Well, it's like I, one or the really, other. I like I because I feel. I mean, obviously, you have Shabbat Zub at the top, but I feel like whoever doesn't play with Sanderson then goes down and plays with Branstrom on the third pair, don't you think? I Oh, uh, he, they could, but he also said he's really excited to see Thompson and JBD. So I could see either of them getting a spot, too. Yeah, but I feel like the, like they might make it close-ish, but I don't think they'll start anyway. And then uh, that leaves see. you with what, Zaitsev as a scratch? It's funny because we agreed on this answer, but now we're arguing about it. Yeah, well, we just yeah. You both said over. What, you're seeing who watched Adam, more over. Th- this is this is good content. Usually, we always agree on this on this stuff. We'll see. Let, let's save it for the preseason after they they've made some pairs or lines that look to stick. Yeah. yeah. Then we can talk more about it. No more Brentstrom sites of discourse until one's either traded or in line. Real. Life. I think that is a good rule. We'll stop it here with a double over. From the boys on Brandstrom playing 60.5 games played. Both of them went over. This next one is different. This is a bit of a unique one. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz in the city of Ottawa about our Ottawa Senators from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And so my question to you is, and Anthony LeBlanc hinted at this today. Said there was an uptick in season, like a 60% increase in, in season ticket yeah. sales. And he's expecting a lot of sellouts. So my question to you guys is an over-under on sellouts at the Canadian Tire Center this year. I have no idea. This is going to be the hardest question by far. I have no idea how I could have set this number. This was a complete guess. I'm basing this on nothing. 15.5. I feel like that's high. I'm going under. Yeah. Quickly. (laughs) The ones okay. I know, I, I, had no, I didn't know if that was going to be too much or not enough. No, no, I, I don't you're... think it's ridiculously high. If you yeah. said like 12 and a half, 11 and a half, I wouldn't know. But yeah, 100% they'll sell out the Leafs and Habs. Yeah, 100% they're agree. going to sell out the home opener. Yep. Boston looks promising. Sorry, Boston's a home opener. Washington looks promising in the second yep. game. 
But then it kind of like, like I looked at Arizona, the third game, and there was a lot of open seats because it's Arizona. Well, Josh I mean, the way scouting that, for this question, the way that I the did. way that I was thinking about this is like, I'm cheating. is like obviously the the Habs and Leafs games are easy and the the home opener is easy. But I'm thinking if they're playing competitive hockey at the end of the season, that's what I was going to get at. Yeah, people are going to want to go, and so it's a and question. the second half sales don't go on until for I think two months. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't we have no clue. We can't even look at the seating map. Obviously, like yeah, we don't but, know how many season tickets have been sold. That's sure. the thing. The problem is we can't. Like, there's no real precedence here because we've had five years plagued with, or five years that has included COVID shortened seasons, restrictions, just generally being shit. Right? <laughs> like, how do you take the, all that in? Like. In, in the word, in the words of Josh from the first question, I'm hoping that they get over that, <laughs> that <begins. laughs> and it's it true. would be great to see. But yeah, uh, so a double uh, yeah, under. I think I'm going under. Yeah, that's fair. But again, there's so much variability with this question. Yeah, that's tough. So the 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 over under on sellouts for the CTC listed at fifteen point five, and both of them, Louie and Josh, are going under. Um, but a lot of factors to determine if that will actually be the case. But we shall That's see. That's still a good portion of the games, right? That's what 15 out of 41, what percentage yeah. of that? It's a bit over 33%. Yeah, over yeah one no, that is a little high. Anyway. Yeah, we'll see. You um, should have an average attendance. Then that would have been a good debate. Well, but we can do that next year. I'll, I'll mark it down, Josh. I'll, there I'll, we go. Thanks. Next. Senators have a lot of good players this year on forward and that means that their power play is going to be pretty swag so i have two power play related over unders for you this first one relates to an individual by the name of joshua norris who last year had 16 power play goals now assuming that the power play got better there's more weapons more people to pass him the puck better potentially i've listed josh norris's power play goals over under at 19.5 under yeah i i think actually i i'm also going under but i think that the addition of more people will actually hurt yeah him make more it than lower. it will help i considered because... that i considered that but josh norris is still going to be in the one-timer spot but on, on the first half. or second units yeah I'd put that's him the on the thing second unit so how okay. do you deploy those because i still I, think and... I was thinking of going over on this person a bit. Okay. Uh, well, Adam, let's hear your Market. reasoning for once. There we go. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's... Uh, because I think Josh Norris is sick, and I think that the players around him are also sick. Adam's hitting over on all these over-unders because these guys <laughs> are great. I'm, I'm excited about my team, dude. Over, but only by, like, the point five because he thinks his predictions are perfect. <laughs> yeah. I do. That's why I make them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at let's look at his power play shooting percentage. Yeah, because this is the thing. Listen, he again on like the crowded thing. I think DeBrinket will be the number one scoring slash shooting option on the first unit, or if they go with two mixed units, it won't be as much time for him as it was last year being on the main one power play unit. And then you look at how he did last year. He was third in the league in power play goals. That had him tied with what Matthews. possibly Stamkos? I don't remember who it was exactly, but that is exorbitantly high. I, I don't know how repeatable it is. 
he shot 23% from the power play. Oh, my God. But to be fair, he shoots from a spot where he's going to have a much higher shooting percentage than anyone. And he has like, the shot to, you know. Exactly. He A, has a terrific shot. B, shoots from a position. Like, the hardest saves to make are those, like, cross-crease passes. Anyone who plays NHL would know. <laughs> he's got gold one T. Listen, but he just also just has an elite one timer. Yeah, he doesn't always put it in the same spot, so it's unpredictable. He can put it on the ice. He can put it top corner. Like great mm-hmm. shot. He was second actually on the team in shooting percentage on the power play. Who was number one? Colin White. Nope. Are you asking uh, this? Yep. I'm gonna go Brady just by. Nope. Really? Okay. He was at ten percent. Tim. Nope. No, Tim was no. at fifteen percent. Bath? Nope. That's at nineteen percent. You're getting closer. No, now you're far. Connor Brown at zero percent. He had zero power. Chris goals. Tierney. That's a great. Yes, guess. Chris Tierney. Nick Paul is third, but Chris Tierney was number one. Come on. To get that through. Who was number four? No, that's we're not doing this. The answer, the answer next, is Michael Delzato. Okay. <laughs> that's brutal. So you're both going under on the Josh Norris 19.5 power play goals. For this upcoming yeah. season. Wait, yeah. Like, he will be playing oh. more games, hopefully. Because he, that that was only in 66 games, right? It's 16. Stay the over, Louis. No, I'm, I'm staying under. But it will be close, I do think. I, he will get, I believe, in the 18 to 19 range. But well, not quite enough. That would be under. It's really specific. That yeah. would be under. So a double under for Josh Norris power play goals, 19.5. The next and final power play over under. The Ottawa Senators as a team last season... <clears throat> excuse me, had a power play percentage of 19.34. The top team, top power play unit in the league was the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 27-ish percent, I believe, power play percentage. And so my question is... Oh, that's actually really high. It is very high. Jeez. <laughs> the Ottawa Senators' power play percentage for this upcoming year, over under 23.5%. Over. Over. Yeah. Over. How? Where would that uh, correspond for last year? That would be ninth, I believe. Ninth. Yeah, they okay. they would be yeah. ninth, tied with the Canucks for ninth. Because who do you have on those units? You get you get Shabbat guarantee on D. Uh, the whole top six. So that's seven guys. Probably Joseph Pinto, and then here's what Lanstrom? I would do, fellas. Sanderson okay. would be second quarterback i think what okay. i would probably do is i think i would ideally have kachuk on both on the net front okay. and then divide the the rest of the top six between the two and then either joseph maybe pinto otherwise you could also repeat a guy like uh stutzla on both like you see the top teams do it you don't want to do it 24 7 like because they don't need to rely on like McDavid and Matthew, uh, McDavid and Drysaddle. I'm tired. We're recording late. Yeah, we gotta we gotta but, like, run through the rest of these, by the way. So yeah, let's... but like let, let's say the first unit, I would do like Stutzla, Debrinkat, Kachuk, Giroux, and then Shabbat. And then the second one, I would do Sanderson, keep Kachuk in front, and then do the second line of Batherson and Norris feeding each other. And then you need one guy probably in the bumper. Um. Unless you have Giroux setting up Norris and Batson in the bumper, like there's a lot of stuff they can do. But either way, like they're gonna have two really good units, and so one of them will get to match up against the lower level PKers. So we'll see. Yeah, it's such a nice breath of fresh air to have that versatility 
between yeah. the two units, not just of guys to have, but positions to try and strategies. Hopefully, to yeah, hopefully no more getting angry about the second unit coming out with a minute and 12 left on the power play. Like, yeah, here it comes, Chris <laughs> so, Dury and Michael Delgado. Yeah. <laughs> right, so what's the, what's the, what's the official over? over. Both over. I'll say, I'll say it'd be close to like 25%. Mm-hmm. That would be over. Yeah. So the power play percentage of 23.5, both the boys have gone over. Next. Defensemen, the Senators have been rumored to be a quiet. We talked about it. They need some D, potentially. Might be looking. So my question to you guys is, defensemen acquired before the trade deadline. Over under 1.5. Over. You think yeah. they will acquire more than one? Oh, are you talking about literally anyone? I think it's any defenseman. Like yep. if you if you like, trade for someone trade and, they, for... and they only play in the AHL, that still counts. Well, no, okay, we'll say NHL, <laughs> like an NHL. So play. they need to play a game, a one-way contract level. in the NHL. Okay, sure. I would still say over because odds are they'll make a move for one randomly throughout the season if there's an injury, and then if they're still in somewhat contention mode, they'll add a guy at the deadline. Yeah, even if it's how, not Jacob Chikrin, like they'll probably get two. Given how trigger happy Pierre is relative to other GMs when it comes to making trades, like his like trade volume is ridiculously high. It is when you yeah. look at, when you look at it, and I feel like there might be an injury at some point leading to a waiver claim. That I feel like that's got to be a guarantee somewhere in the season. Waiver claim is a good call. And then you add on a trade either early on, like like not probably not Chikrin, but another defenseman that they try to, you know, make up that hole with. Or later on, like a some type of swap as you get close to the deadline, either if it's an acquisition since they're close or something else if they're further away, but it's still like a player swap. I feel like over's the safe bet. A double over again for the fellas. I think I agree with that. I think I think they'll probably get two. They'll end up getting two. But yeah. That's the beauty of seeing how it plays out because we have no idea. Next. This one is a bit of a, a, of a strange one. So I urge you to think in any way that you would like about how this could work out. Um, last season, well, Brady Kachuk is known for scoring and also hitting people and being in the box. Last season, if you combined Brady Kachuk's penalty minutes and goals you would get the number 147. So my question is how many Brady Kachuk goals plus penalty minutes do we get this year? The over-under is 150.5. 100. So that, that means he had what? He had 30 goals and 100 and, yeah. 100 and what? what 17. 17 penalty minutes. I don't know. I actually might go under on this. I'm going under. Oh, you're going under too? <laughs> yeah. Go over. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, good. I good. said it I first. Like that. No, I'll go over. over. I'll go Josh over. Josh over. Because I don't know. You know what? More meaningful games. Maybe he'll get in a couple more altercations. Maybe some I more mean, goals too. Yeah. Well, if he could just hit 30 again, I'd be very happy. That's what I also think is maybe more or less meaningless games. Less the thing last is, minute fights. And there won't be an like he was already playing so much last year that I feel like there won't be an insane increase on the thirty goals. So yeah. I see it staying around the same, if not slightly lower, 
and he had what you said he had 147 last year and the over under is 150 ish yep 150 yeah i'll go under i'll I'll stay under i'm back on under okay i convinced him guys that's no fun if he added a little like even if he's like a two percent better skater that could avoid a couple stupid penalties because he's flat-footed so that's another thing like that's true it could take it under so under is the answer. Two hundred on the one fifty point five. Brady Kachuk goals plus penalty minutes. Next, we would like we need one goalie question in here. Of course, um, the Senators acquired Cam Talbot this offseason, as everyone is well aware of, including most of our listeners who seem to love Cam Talbot, which is great. The the goal buster, we'll call him. Yes, Cam Talbot, the goal buster. So how? And now the Suns are going to they're going to be running a bit of a tandem with Anton Forsberg and the goal buster. So my question is, over under on Cam Talbot games started. Okay. Regu- we'll say regular season games started. I have the number at 38.5. Under. For Cam Talbot under. game started? Yeah, under. So you, oh you my said, God. So you think that Anton Forsberg is a bona fide enough starter in the org well, 38.5, that means you're, ex- like, if you go over, you're basically expecting him to play half. That means likely no injuries. Already, some people would say that they're around a tandem. I think Forsberg's already better. Mm. And I think that's... he'll have the, the a little leash at the start of the year, too, because A, the yes. Sens gave him a three-year deal. B, he's been here longer. Yeah. Right? I like, always, that's their I guy. Assume, for, I not just this they... year, but two more. I don't know. I I... I feel like you're sleeping on the goal buster a little bit. I, I, I would. The thing I is, I listen, I don't want to uh, like banter about Talbot too much because I know we have a lot of Talbot fans, you know, that the goal buster fan art has been incredible. It has. Shut <laughs> um, but if you look at his performance post all-star game last year, like, cause he, he made the all-star game, but after True. that, like you look at his goal saves above expected and all that stuff. Um, like his his save percentage was a little inflated playing that Minnesota defense. Um, Forsberg hasn't beat by a mile, and I just foresee Forsberg playing better. Like I'd already have him as Lewis. as the, the number. What? Lewis, Lewis, Lewis. What? You're forgetting. You're forgetting the most important thing we say on this pod. Oh, great. What do we say? Goalies are voodoo. Therefore, Goalies Talbot voodoo. would actually start under 15 games because Sogard will become the starter by the end of the season. Okay, they're not they're not that voodoo. <laughs> Goalies are voodoo. <laughs> Goalies are voodoo, which means that Cam Talbot, for all we know, could play like 60 games. No. Maybe he could play. Maybe he plays. Maybe he plays. In your words, games. Adam, they're not maybe, that. Voodoo. Maybe he plays 12 games. Maybe he never even plays a game. Maybe he plays exactly. Games. Exactly. So you can't argue. So we shouldn't for, set an over-under for goalies. Is that what we're saying? Are we saying no, you did a bad job selecting We're setting this? an over-under. We're setting an over-under, and you're guessing completely because you have no way to back it up. So guess. Guess you're under. Say under. I do. Under. Yeah, I know you're under. And it's a guess because you have no idea what's going to happen. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, Jake Sanderson is a good player for our team, and he's going into his rookie year. And being a rookie means that you have a chance to win the Calder Trophy as the league's best rookie. Heartbreaking analysis here. Thank you. 
Jake Sanderson placement in Calder Trophy voting. I'm setting the over-under at 4.5. Under, I think. But I like this question a lot. Your favorite, your best question. Easily. Whoever came up with it. Yes. Yep, who I did, because it's my list. Absolutely. Wait, hold on a second. I seem to recall a different order. Nope, of I think you're dumb. Can you answer, please? <laughs> I said, I, I think I'm going under. So is under, so what we're going to say under. So you think he's going to finish worse? Under, yes. means, under means worse than. Yes. I think he'll finish fifth slash sixth. What were you saying? Fifth um, slash sixth. Like oh? in that, fine, fifth to sixth in that range. Just because I feel like power will, and like this is not based on like. Power's you know, terrible. Complete impact and <laughs> <laughs> complete impact and all that stuff, but some some of these guys already have like a step of head in term oh, a step of head? <laughs> a what? Are already a step ahead. There you go. Man, I really can't talk this pod. It's eleven. We should we should we stop. We should wrap this up, guys. Let's go. And anyway, I, like I feel like a guys like power, veneers, um, you know, other prospects who, who exist out there, possibly Eckland. We'll, we'll just McTavish, you know, get McTavish. Yes, there you go. Like already, that's four guys that I think will finish ahead of him. Josh. Did you say Ken Johnson is one of those four? I did not. Okay, is he? Good. Is he going to be eligible? Josh hates Ken Johnson, by the way, for everyone who doesn't know. You know what? <laughs> we got to have a different answer. I'll say he finishes over. Come on, nice, great. You never know, man. You never know. The, the pool of guys I I think could be in the top five, Power, McTavish, Beniers, I think are like not locks for the top three, but highly likely. But then there's like a big pool of guys like Eklund. You have like an import guy in Kuzmenko. Oh yeah, guy. Kuzmenko, Rossi, like well, that's okay. the thing. Sure. Holt, I think would be a better. Sure. But, but, you know, said over, think... but you said over and you can't take it no. back. Oh, no, I, I agree. I agree. I just think there's a lot of guys, and I don't think that one necessarily – I mean, I mean, like the top three I already named, but after that, I don't think anyone stands out. So I'll just be positive and say he takes the fourth spot or even becomes a finalist. Has a great season. We there you go. To see it. Optimism on the Zoopcast. Do you ever think you'd see it? I didn't. But here it is. Uh, the over-under on Jake Sanderson placement in Calder Trophy voting – 4.5. Josh says he will do better than fourth. Louis says he will do worse than fourth. Before our last question, over under of the episode, because we got to get going here. We're, we've been recording way too long. This is going to be a long one to end. It's going to be a long episode. Sorry if you're listening. I apologize. We're going to do a quick, quick bonus over under here. Uh, you're not allowed. You are allowed. You just say over under. There's no, you're not allowed to say anything else. Nikita Zaitsev, games played for the Sens this year, over under 0.5. Over. <laughs> At this point, I feel like I kind of said more than on. nope. Stop. Josh? Zoopcast bomb. Under. There you go. There you go. Josh going with the under on 0.5. Louis with the over. No under. real rationale. I'm just being really. I know. Positive. Stop. That's stop. the most positive they have dropped. <laughs> Our last question. What's your answer? I don't care. Our last question. Hold on. Good. But we do. Okay, I'll, I'll say under. I don't think I don't think he's playing. <laughs> Ottawa Senators wins. Ottawa Senators wins this year as a team. Last year, they got 33. 
the league average what, last what, year. What was the set over on you last year? No, no. Tell me what the tell me what the league average was. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me guys. guess. Let me guess. Forty-one. <laughs> the league average last year was forty-one. Wow! No way. And Who the Senators got thirty-three wins last year. Now, well, if you remember correctly, I was ridiculed last season <laughs> for my over/under estimate because I was trying to be an optimistic fan. So I will try again. You really looked at this team with Delzato and Tyrion and said, "Oh my God, please let me talk." God, no. Ottawa Senators over/under wins. Ridicule me all you want for this. Forty-two point five. Talk, talk your shit. That's you know that's a good number. Talk that's your shit, Lewis. Yep, that was, that was good. Yeah, but can we get a You've point grown. of reference what the average will be this year for wins in the NHL? <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> That's not good. They bring back ties. Lots no, of the season gets canceled after three months. <laughs> 42.5, eh? That's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I'm trying to look back at what's... Yeah, so the, the Caps finished... What? It got the last wildcard spot with 44. I feel like 42.5 is not bad. Like, yeah, it's f- awesome, isn't it? Please no swearing on the phone. Oh, yeah. What What is it with this recent swearing trend, Adam? I've had to, like, bleep these out recently. Like, what's going on here? You guys just make me angry. What, what was my answer to the Cam Talbot question? <laughs> you said under. So here is my rationale. Oh, if it is under, is because I believe Forsberg will be doing well. Therefore, my answer to this question is over. I don't even think they'll hit 45. I think they'll be 43 or 44. And that would put them right around 92 to 95 points, which I think yeah. is just enough to possibly make the playoffs. You know, like that that's either just miss or just make, which I think is very fair. So Vegas, Josh is saying over. Vegas had 94 points with 43 wins. I feel like that's pretty much exactly what the Sens will look like this year. So I'm going over, but just like Josh, just barely over. So on my much better Ottawa Senators win over under 42.5, the boys have both said over, but barely over. Wait, Louie. Yes. Over, under 1.5. Good questions asked by Adam today. Oh, under on. easily. No way. I agree. The so, one was, so the, many was the Sanderson good. one. And that was my idea. <laughs> yeah. No, these. these no, you good. did a good job, Adam. Next year, yeah. maybe even better because. <laughs> this was an improvement on last year, but we'll see. We're okay. Yeah, this is the year where you get close to the playoffs, Adam. Just like the Suns, the next year you really. <laughs> Thank start you so much contended. for listening to the Zoomcast. Wait, wait, wait! Really hold up, hold up, hold up! Guys, tuning in. Before we, before we wrap it up, big shout out to uh, the Canadian women. Yeah. What? Yeah. All of them. Yeah. For, <laughs> yes. Oh, sure. You know what? What's the What's yeah. the Igor Sokolov tweet? <laughs> yeah. all the beautiful Day. women out there yeah. happy mother's day to all the beautiful women out there yeah uh yeah shout out to canadian women's team beating yeah. the u.s and René de bien with some insane saves at the end of course Poulain getting the crazy block Clutch classic moment, you know Another classic canadian hockey moment for the women which is excellent yes. uh, so shout out to the canadian women's hockey team and and the canadian the canadian women shout out to the canadian women <laughs> as a whole if you're a canadian woman you're so great yeah you're so great all our listeners and on that note on that note goodbye thank you so much for listening to the zoomcast be sure to go to the twitter at zoomcast enter the giveaway for the two sends tickets 
October 20th against Connor Brown and the Capitals. You don't want to miss it. So enter that contest. And uh, thank you so much for listening to this way too long episode. Um, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. Take care, everybody. Bye.